0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 12, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 1, and we are at page 9 in the last paragraph. Today's readers are Michelle H., Deb W., and Penny C. The reference number for Tuesday, November 11th, is 7025. That's 7025. OA preamble. OA readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, not soliciting nor accepting outside donations.
1: And thank you, Katie, for your service, and good morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Thank you. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. 4. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass and thank you for this service.
0: Thank you. I will now ask AJN
2: to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is AJN, newly recovered in Ohio. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass.
0: Thank
2: How our meeting works.
0: Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. <clears throat> Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the bid book on page um, 9, the last paragraph. I ask Michelle H. to begin reading. Good morning, KDF.
3: <clears throat> this is Michelle H. Good morning to all. Grateful, recovered, compulsive, overeater. He had come to pass his experience along to me, if I cared to have it. I was shocked but interested. Certainly I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. He talked for hours. Childhood memories rose before me. I could almost hear the sound of the preacher's voice as I sat on still Sundays, way over there on the hillside. There was that proffered temperance pledge I never signed, my grandfather's good natured contempt of such church folk and their doings, his insistence that the spheres really had their music, but his denial of the preacher's right to tell him how he must listen, his fearlessness as he spoke of these things just before he died. These recollections welled up from the past. They made me swallow hard. That war time day in old Winchester Cathedral came back again. And here Bill is reminiscing. He's listening to Ebby. Ebby is talking for hours, and he sees that he sees Ebby has changed before him. The sentence before says, it worked. He sees that this simple religious idea and practical program um, worked for Ebby, and so he's seeing that he's coming to share it with him, and he's feeling hopeless. He's not feeling forced upon. He's, he's seeing that Abby is just bringing to share it if he, if he wants it. And he said he felt hopeless. He felt he, he had to be. So in the next paragraph, it, it get, I get the sense that he's really listening. He's really opening up his mind for the first time, maybe just a little bit, just to hear if something has worked for someone else. Maybe it could work for him, but only in that state of hopelessness was I willing to be able to open my mind just a little bit to hear what someone was um, telling me and carrying the message to me. But only when I was in that state of hopelessness, when I had seen something in that person who was recovered, something that told me it was working for them. And then it's interesting that at the end, he is feeling a, a spiritual stirring inside of him. He's recalling um, some of the church folk. He's, he's re- recalling his past religious experience, and then he's recalling a spiritual experience in the old Winchester Cathedral, where he felt at the beginning of his story that he felt, felt much move. He felt a, a spiritual stirring is, is what, how, what I was relating to. And I was remembering back to the spiritual stirring that I felt, this sense that, but something different, something spiritual, something not not tangible. I couldn't put my my finger on it. was happening as a recovered person was talking to me when I was finally hopeless enough and ready to listen and open my mind just a wee bit to hear what they were saying. and And it was that sense of hopelessness and desperateness that I saw that they were were there really sharing out of love. And I too, was spirit, was spiritually stirred. By what was in them, even though I didn't know what it was. And so that's what this paragraph and how I relate to it in my experience. Of course, there's more to come, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Okay, who would like to share on this paragraph? Kim, Bella, can
4: I share?
5: Suji.
0: Okay, Kim, Bella, Larry, and Suji. Thank you, Kim. Go ahead.
6: Good ears, Katie. Good, good morning, all. My name is Kim Gee, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I was shocked but interested. Certainly, I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. You know, I, I know for myself, my personal experience, step two was really misunderstood. You know, I really thought that step two was having to have a belief in God. So I went two ways. One is I grew up in religious school so I can skip step two. Or the other one was I I overanalyzed step two. And what I would do is I did a lot, and this is my personal experience, I did a lot of exercises about trying to find God, writing a help-wanted ad for God, listing the characteristics of God, waiting to believe, all these different things. And really all step two is, is right here, that he was interested because he was hopeless. All step two is, is a need for God, a need for God. And what is the, the preface to that is complete deflation, which is how it was described in the six tenets. It is my hopelessness, my powerlessness, my inability to manage my own life that has me thinking, okay, I need something outside of myself. Now, how am I going to get to belief? I get to belief by doing the steps. Step two is, I need a power. Step 11 is I have conscious contact with that power. So how do I get from point A, the need, to, to point B, the um, conscious contact? I do the steps in between. So I wasted a lot of time trying to work step two, and all step two is, is a conclusion. His conclusion is he's interested because he's hopeless. So I think that like myself, I have no sense of direction at all, no sense of direction. When GPS came out, it was the greatest gift to me. And when I got a GPS, I put in the um, address and I follow what it says. I didn't feel a need to call the manufacturer to find out who was the engineer who developed it. I didn't need to know where the satellites were up in the air. I didn't need to know the inner workings of the GPS. All I knew was I had a need for the GPS, and that need propelled me to get that GPS, to use that GPS. And once the GPS was working for me, and once I could get from point A to point B, then I had a belief in the GPS. So my personal experience is, where, how did I do step two? I had a belief that I was screwed. Oh, crap, I'm screwed. I have an allergy to the body that will never change, and, and an obsession in the mind will always convince me to eat. And I didn't really believe this would work for me, these steps, But I believed it worked in those recovered people. I believed the people who told me they were once like me and are no longer there. And that belief was enough to do step two and propel me to make a decision to do the rest of the work.
0: And with that, I passed. Thank you. Bella, you're up.
4: Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. They made me swallowed hard. Yes, I can understand this feeling because this is where I was. Yes, before the program, I didn't want to uh, remember my past. I didn't want to talk about my past. It was a horrible time, and it was a time and things that... I was blamed and judged, or I blamed and judged others. Yes, my past was, I was connected to my power, to my ego. I didn't want to see how many mistakes I did, how stupid I was. No, I didn't want to talk about my past. I wanted all my life to open a new page, to, to live The future, a wonderful future, I was feared to leave the present no more. Thank you, God, that I am now in the program and I am not connected anymore to my ego, to my power. Yes, I accept and admit that I am powerless. I am a happy human and I am powerless. Yes, today I am a fear-free person about my past. I learned to look at my past with different eyes, with different attitudes, and today I am taking my past as an experience to live better, my my present, to be able to, to have a goal for a happier future. Today I learned to live fear-free, for my past, and I learned to use it as a as a time to grow. Thank you for letting me share and I pass.
0: Thank you. And Larry it's your turn.
7: Good morning. Um Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Thanks for your service. Uh, so you know he had come to pass along his experience to me if I cared to have it. And um, you know that comes from uh, a level of desperation. You know, if if one cares to have it, you know, I don't know about you, but um, I didn't. I didn't come here, uh, come to the rooms of over here's anonymous to have a spiritual awakening. I was fat. I was miserable. I couldn't. I couldn't live my life. Was, I mean, the, un, the level of unmanageability was was beyond. I was crawling out of my skin. You know, when I got here. And, um, you know, so you know i I was interested, certainly, I was interested, I had to be, for I was hopeless, yeah, I could totally identify in with what what Bill is relating to us here, so then you know, Ebbie um talks for hours, and while he's talking, you know childhood memories rose, so you know, for me, like Bill. I had to concede that I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and you know, even for me, though, my, my educational interests, you know, had led me down a long path of, you know, scientific exploration. So for the most part, if something didn't exist, you know, unless I could quantify it and prove it according to what Larry thought he knew, you know, I, you know, I, it was difficult for me to grasp anything there, but nonetheless, I couldn't deny that there was always this glimmer of spiritual hunger, you know, that kind of resided in me. And so here, you know, he's talking for hours, and he talks, you know, I could, I could almost hear the sound of the preacher's voice as I sat on a still Sunday way over there on the hillside. You know, he's he's reflecting back, and it, it's important that when I first read this, I thought, well. Where's the good stuff? Let me get to the action stuff here, you know. Um, but over time, you know, I came to believe over time, and it it, it didn't happen overnight for me. My, my my spiritual awakening and and you know was was of the educational variety, as it talks about, um, and, and a lot of people experience that. But you know, when he, when he talks about that he had to swallow hard, I can relate a little bit that. You know, he was talking about his, uh, you know, his grandfather and, you know, how he was kind of, you know, closed off to all these things, you know, and, um, you know, basically his fearlessness as he spoke of these things just before he died. Well, that's what made Bill swallow hard in my life, you know. My, my parents, what I recall, was they, they were similar to that, you know. It was, uh, no one's going to tell me what to believe. How dare you tell me what to believe? You know, and um, there's pride. And what I learned in this program is, and what Bill seemed to learn, is we had to pocket our pride and because this was an ego deflation process whereby I was more open to what was to come. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. Save my life. With that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Larry. Sue G, your turn.
8: Sue G, please press star one to unmute. Hi. It's Sue G, sorry about that. Um Okay.
9: Um today I am grateful. To be recovered just for today in southeastern pennsylvania in the greater city of sisterly and brotherly love and this this reading th- this is coming coming into the dawn from the darkness the darkness of that bottomless pit where he is totally uh in that alcohol is my master state a few pages ago and now um what really strikes me here is his his grandfather's description that um, the the whole thing sitting there still on Sundays way over there on the hillside, the preferred temperance pledge I never signed, my grandfather's good natured contempt of some church folk, some and their doing. His insistence, the spheres really had their music. There was faith there of some sort but his denial of the preacher's right to tell him how he must listen, that he can decide for himself, his fearlessness as he spoke of these things just before he died, fearless, fearless, searching and fearless moral inventory, Mm -hmm. Um, that these recollections welled up from the past. Now we're not on step four yet, We're, we're around step two here, but what strikes me is the God of our understanding. That, that the source of this, at least a very powerful source of this in bill's background, was his grandfather who who believed that uh, you could have a god of your own understanding that nobody else was going to tell you what that God was that you could you could choose what meant something to you and and to me i I just connect and resonate with this because. Uh, Bill was somebody who, who suffered a great deal, as I did in my childhood, from loss. His parents left him, and then he was with his grandparents who raised him. And he really loved and adored his grandfather, but that was slow in coming. It was coming as part of his growing up, and here he is back in touch with this. And that, that's very much my experience in recovery. So for me, um, step two, once I came to OA and said, okay, Incomplete incomplete acceptance of powerlessness, not accepting powerlessness over food, help OA, and I came in and I did my step one as well as I possibly could, which is the crucial point here, that that's, that's a step we really must try to do in some way that really works for us. And, and when, when I did this, step two just flowed naturally. There was nothing to it, and it really did connect me to, to my past and to the, the truthfulness in the past. The truthfulness was not that his grandfather was perfect and that his grandfather was God. It was that his grandfather had a way of coping with with developing hope and a belief. And and that it happened on his deathbed that he's sharing this is amazing. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. Who
0: else would like to share on this? This is Deborah
5: Rabia, Renata, Deborah, and Vasa.
0: Okay. Okay, I have Deb, Renata, Rabia, and Vasa. Is Hi. Hi. My name's Deborah. I wanted to
10: um, share yesterday. Just to go back a bit, if I could, on on Abby. And how he approached bill um i'm I was touched by the fact that he Abby was in conscious contact with his with God, and it was in that conscious contact with God that directed Abby to call bill and I just am so grateful i mean it says the most important thing about our program is not so much the abstinence recovery is our conscious contact with God, and when we are in that conscious contact. No, God, our higher power, he directed Abby to go to Bill. Why did he decide to go that morning when Bill was so desperate? Abby, from what we can see, there was no relationship with him over the years. But that is one of the best aspects of the program is that God does direct our path. He does bring us into lives of other people who need recovery and uh, I, I just wanted to put that out there. It's, a, it's just a, an amazing piece of this whole thing. He showed up on a, on a day that was the perfect day. And when we're in conscious contact with God, he will He will guide us and he will show us
0: the next right thing to do. So thank you. Thank
5: you, Debra.
0: Uh, Renata,
5: you're next. Hi, good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata, the COVID Composal Radio in New York. Um, he had come to pass his experience along to me. What experience? You know, the experience Abby Abby had was the the spiritual program, right? The practical spiritual program. I cared to have it. I was shocked but interested. Certainly I was interested. I had to be for I was hopeless. So what it says to me here is when I'm hopeless, when I when I can't put aside my old ideas, when I can see that everything I've tried has failed, i become open to the new. You know, Abby was talking to Bill, and Bill saw, you know, that he was sober, that he was doing something different. So even though he had his old ideas, he's becoming willing to put his old beliefs aside and try something new, you know, to, to embark on this, practical program of action I need to to be open I need to be willing I need to be out of ideas I have to know in my heart that everything else that I've tried did not work and uh, that's all I want to share thank you
0: thank you Renata Rabia your turn
11: Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Rabia. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And oh, just let me take a second, because I, I'm listening to all the beautiful shares, <clears throat> let me remember what I wanted to say. Um, okay, I was hopeless, and I want to speak to the people on the line this morning who are hopeless. Um and who have the gift of desperation because you are desperate or you wouldn't be on this live line at 7 a.m. or 6 or 5 or even 4 a.m. If you live on the West Coast, God bless you all. And so here we are, hopeless, and so let us be your God. You already have G.O.D., the gift of desperation, and so you're on this line, and... With this group of drunks, let us be your group of drunks, um, your group of recovered, compulsive overeaters um, who, through good orderly direction, you know, I love I learned all these things. Here's another guide through good orderly direction. um, We have allowed ourselves to be led from steps two through 11, as Kim said so beautifully. We've done the work, and now... Now we're living in steps 10 and 11 and 12, and we have a neutrality with food. And and so now in step 12, I must work with the new pro- protege. I must begin this new book of study with somebody else. Um, you saved my life um, by allowing me, to be your big book guide and take you through the steps and and I and and God bless me. I, I I have a new protege and she's on the line this morning and today is her third day of abstinence and today we crack open this big book and um and and I love the first page of it. It just says Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a totally blank page. So I say the set aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I, everything I think I know about this big book and let me have a new experience with this new protege as we go through this study of the big book again. And, and she's saving my life because I have a disease of a mental obsession and already my food is, uh, you know, I'm nowhere near my alcoholic foods, thank God. However, my eating behaviors, you know, my, um, come up. And 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 I've been eating more than what my body needs, and I feel it. You know, and my disease will take me right back in um, if I don't pay attention, if I don't work with the new protege, if I don't stay active in this program. I'm so grateful to know exactly what I need to do every day uh, for the recovery I have one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
12: Thank you. And next is Vasa. Thank you. I'm here. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for you and Vasa. And I'm come, recovered compulsive overeating. And I'm calling from um, Florida right now. I get confused where I am, but anyways, um, so good to be at this meeting this morning. And Abby is. Uh, she, still sharing his experience and strength with um, Bill. I remember um, the person that, work, that walked through my kitchen door without even calling me, knocked on the door and came in. I just believed God sent her. She was God's messenger to me. That introduced me to my OA program and uh, so I'm so grateful for that. And I was uh, interested. I was on step one. I was powerless. I was hopeless. I was I, I was everything. The, the food had me by the throat. So for me, it was live or die. Listen or continue going like you are going, Vasa. So I chose to... Uh, I stopped trying to do it by myself, uh, tried to put food down for 25 years of my life. I tried many, many, many times, uh, but I failed many, many, many times. And I came to the point that I could not do it by my will, by my own strength and by my own power. And that is step one. And uh, I did grow up uh, in a communist country for 15 years of my life. And I grew up in a very religious home also, so I had, my mind was twisted. When I was at home, I learn, I'll hear all about religion. When I went to school, there's no God. People lost a lot of jobs because uh, if they went to church or they, you know, teachers and stuff, and they had, you know, they wanted to believe in God, but they were forbidden and uh, they when and, and when they got married, the priest had to go at nighttime, in the middle of the night, sneak in in the house and marry them or have their child christened. You know, so I, you know, I grew up with double messages: there is God and there isn't. And I kind of wanted to stick with my friends to believe what my teachers were telling me, or my friends. So th- there was a lot of confusion in that area. But I was ready, I was ready, uh, and I was interested to hear the message that the, you know, the big book um, is laid, has laid in front of us. What a gift for me, you know, I came to believe, or maybe I was agnostic, or maybe there were times I didn't believe, I needed to touch and see, to believe, and, um and I didn't do that, but I still came to believe that I I was ready and willing and looking to have a power greater than myself because I couldn't do it by myself. What a gift from God. And um, and I was so desperate at that time. And I can do the same thing now with other people, you know, like what Abby is doing with Bill and what Bill was doing with other alcoholics and what the, And what I saw the people that were doing in Norway, and what I'm doing, and I'm going to give it away. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa. Okay, well, uh, I'll ask Deb W. to please read the next paragraph.
13: Hi, this is Deb W., recovered compulsive eater in Oklahoma. I'm assuming you can hear me, right? Yes. Okay, I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I had often pondered these things. I was not an atheist. Few people really are. For that means blind faith in the strange proposition that this universe originated in a cipher and aimlessly rushes nowhere. My intellectual heroes, the chemists, the astronomers, even the evolutionists, suggested vast laws and forces at work. Despite contrary indications, I had little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlay it all. How could there be so much of precise and immutable law and no intelligence? I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe who knew neither time nor limitation, but that was as far as that I had gone. And I I go back to this first sentence. It says, I'd always believed in a power greater than myself. And, you know, I can identify with that. I always knew, it reminds me of that little girl, Debbie, in the basement of my home as a child, um, maybe 10, maybe younger. Who uh, you know uh sang the songs that I heard in church uh and I sang them and sang them and sang them to somebody alone um and then something felt different, you know it reminds me of a presence that always feels like exists that feels like it's there, but um you know i I go back down to these words that say, despite contrary indications. And, you know, I didn't live my life uh, looking for anything other than dependence on myself. And I was raised to believe that I can do anything if I put my mind to it. So I took responsibility for everything that happened in my life and not knowing how to access this power or how that the power even applied to me. I would hear the good sermons in my at my church and, and know that God is a great thing and uh, 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 has great purpose, but I could never figure out how to get close to this power. And it's in my disease that... Um, that this door has opened because this, la- this, la- this sentence says I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe who need- knew neither time or limitations, and the, nor- the no limitations is where it applied uh, to me is that, that I have a problem and this power uh, can do what I could not do you know, no matter how, how I tried and no matter how I applied all the the beliefs that my that I am in control and I have you know, I can control my destiny and I tried many, many diets and I tried, you know, all kinds of things to get rid of this problem, this I didn't know that this is a spiritual problem, that it was never meant for me to go a lifetime without accessing anything other than my own will and my own power. It opened the door to uh, the possibility of accessing that power through the dilemma that I have and using that power in all areas of my life. And so, you know, the problem, the dilemma that I have is that despite contrary indications um, that I don't know this personal God, I don't know how to... Um, you know, use this power. But this is what the big book teaches us. It teaches us how to access it, you know. um, And, you know, the step one is that I have to admit that I can't do this. I can't do this. And then two, that there is a power that can. I don't have to know it all. I don't have to understand it all. I just have to be willing and open that is the, the door, is the open and willingness to uh, access this power. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Jeff W. Who would like to share? Uh, on Carolyn, from oh, yeah. Yeah. Carolyn from New York. <laughs> Lauren, Anna. Carolyn from New York. Anna. Carolyn. And then I can't, is it Dana? Anna.
14: Hannah.
0: Laura oh.
15: Nash from Pittsburgh.
14: Leah. And Judy from South Jersey. Thank you. Anna, eight. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Okay. I have Carolyn, Anna, Hannah, Leah, Lauren yes. from Pittsburgh, and Judy. Is that right? Yes. You got it. I get a prize. Okay. Okay. Carolyn, you're first.
16: Okay. This is Carolyn from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Okay, good, because sometimes it automatically mutes. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking of from the big book when it says, inside every man, woman, and child is the fundamental uh, concept or idea of God. And um, it it definitely existed in me. I I always knew there had to be some sort of rhythm or purpose to this world. Otherwise, it just made no sense. But the idea of a personal God um, who cared about every individual on this planet made no sense to me either because... You know, why did bad things happen? And um, there was a certain amount of intellectual pride as well. You know, um, know, I forget who it was that said, you know, religion is the opiate of the masses, right? So it's a way to keep people in line while they're alive with the hope of or promise of something later, right? So um, I wasn't going to be a sucker for that. But, you know, the reality was that that I was in a a desert of... um, of, of uncertainty and loneliness, and but you know, here, Ebbie um, is expressing the fact that we can choose our own conception. I didn't have to be stuck with you know the judging, punishing God that I was taught to believe in. I'm, I never believed, but that I was told um, was who held sway over the uh, the universe. Um, I could write a job description for the higher power I needed. Um, which was, you know, a loving, forgiving, um, all encompassing God who had no limitations, who never judged or punished. And, uh, and if there was no hell to, to go and ride around it in flames, that made no sense. Um, and why do bad things happen? I, I've decided or I realized I don't know. And I will never know because, um, while I'm alive, because I am limited by the veil of humanity and, um, I do hope someday, when I join my Creator, to, to understand better. But for now, I choose to believe in a loving God, and nothing happens in God's world by mistake, so there is a plan, um, even when it's not the plan I would have chosen. So um, what a wonderful idea, choose your own conception of God. And uh, I'm so grateful to Eddie to and to Readers Anonymous for giving me that gift and allowing me today to have a personal loving God in my life. Thank you, and I pass.
2: Good morning.
17: Okay. This is Anna. Yeah, hi. Good job, Anna. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Good morning. This is Anna H. calling from New York. Um, I'm a compulsive reader and I'm recovered for today. Um, so uh, I, the concept of religion and spirituality is I um, always smile whenever I hear newcomers come in and, and um, or have sponsees that have trouble with it because it's something that Um, you know, when I came in as a compulsive overeater, I had a concept of a power greater than me, and I had this concept of God, and it was the concept of God that I grew up with. I grew up Catholic and had a very, um, clear concept of what I thought God was and what I thought God's role was in my life and how it applied to me being a compulsive overeater. Um, and, and concept was that if I was good... I got good things. If I was lucky, if I was if I behaved well and did good things, um I might get get through life okay. But if I was bad or had bad thoughts or didn't behave, you know, in the best manner, that um then things that were that happened to me that weren't of my liking, then of course I deserved them. And that was the concept that I had. And so um I really had to um, I had a sponsor that had me rewrite it, like just flip it on its head and rewrite the concept and choose a God of my own understanding. Um, and, you know, I love when it talks about atheism and um, that we believe in, if we're atheists, we believe that the world originated out of a cipher and whirls aimlessly forward into nothingness. Um, I love that because the truth is is I've never met an atheist who didn't believe in science or who didn't believe in the cycles that um, are created within the universe. And so I always, I have a friend, in fact, that I, we have these discussions and I remind him all the time. I'm like, but you don't not believe in anything. You believe in science. And the truth is, is that we can control science. We can manipulate it and control it to a degree, but it always bites us in the ass. <laughs> um so we don't really control it so um but the cycles and the way that things are lined up are in a natural way um and it is for the perpetuation of life um so even that for me is a sign that there's something greater than us at at play um and and for me on a daily basis um you know, I have a, a strong concept now of my higher power. I call my higher power Big Daddy um, and sometimes Big Mama if I need more feminine energy um, visualization. But I I really meditate and ask in all things for help. And I feel like that that's always given to me, and it's given to me through meditation, through bits um, like I get visualization sometimes. And sometimes I just get words through my sponsor or, or um, when I'm reading and flip open a big book, it flips open right to what I need to read, or someone else through another fellow speaks to me and says something directly to what I need, um, you know, or in, in my um, giving service to someone else also, like to sponsees or to another fellow, I get answers, you know, and it's certainly far greater than me. Um, and the other... is I always um, oh thank you okay so just to wrap up there's always something there's something we can touch on greater than us thank you
8: thank you Anna and now I have Hannah Hannah press star 1 to unmute Okay, well, Leia. Hi, Katie. Good morning.
18: Thanks for your service. Good morning, everybody. It's Leia, recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I had often pondered these things. I was not an atheist, and then, of course, at the bottom, but that was as far as I had gone you know uh thank god you know uh bill was an alcoholic and he you know struggled in this way and can relate this i mean you know an atheist is one who says there is no god um you know bill says here he always had believed but an agnostic is one who believes there's a god but acts like he disbelieves there's a god And, you know, that's exactly what his experience was. You know, he he might have, you know, intellectually perhaps believed in a God, um, but he was standing on his own two feet. Bill was running his own show. Bill was ruling his own destiny. Uh, Bill never turned to God for help. Um, You know, and he got the same help from God that the atheist gets from God, which is nothing, which is nothing. You know, and, you know, I can identify in with Bill's uh, story here in that I guess perhaps, you know, as a kid, I believe there was some cosmic puppeteer, you know, arranging all the puppets on the stage. Um, but I had no knowledge of God um, because I never tried to use God in my life. I ran my own show. I mean, I certainly was brought up in a very uh, intellectual household, one of self-sufficiency and self-reliance. So I, I never utilized God in my life. I ran my own show. I ruled my own destiny. I I made my own decisions. And, um, you know, my life was filled with madness and mayhem um, due to this illness, you know, so so I had to, uh, just like Bill, I had to reconsider or die. You know, and when this text taught me that I had an allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, and I was not going to be able to, uh, you know, conquer the obsession of the mind left to my own devices, resources, willpower, uh, knowledge, that, uh, you know, what was my problem? I had to be clear about the problem, and the text Told me what my problem was. Lack of power was my dilemma. I mean, Bill sees that he is uh, powerless over this uh, alcoholism. So, uh, you know, we have a spiritual malady. And, you know, the big book teaches us that, you know, when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And malady means illness. I had a spiritual illness. I had an illness, I had a spiritual misunderstanding. I mean, I grew physically through my life. I grew education, you know, academically in my life. I, you know, grew and, and had some, uh, maturation in those areas, but I had no spiritual development and I needed another, uh, understanding and this, uh, identification process allowed me to see that bill too had to reconsider or die he did not have to understand you know when we decide to believe in god or be open to it we don't have to have any concrete evidence and no particular feeling about it <laughs> it can be very obscure and empty uh, we make a decision without any knowledge or evidence or certainty or feeling we just know that our life depends upon it and with that i pass thanks
8: Thank you, Leia, And I believe it was Chana. Is it, is it Chana who I missed? If not, uh, let's go on to Lauren S. I'm here. Okay.
15: Hi. Lauren S. From Pittsburgh. I'm <laughs> a liver eater. And, uh, what I have to share is, I think Bill is guided when he writes this text, and he's, he's a very careful, um, like, usage of words. And I think he's trying to appeal to maybe 90% of people, maybe, well, you could perhaps say 100% of people who walk into their rooms, which is we really do believe in something, like like uh, a fellow shared before. We really do have, we're not truly in our core um, with the belief that, you know, the universe is created out of nothing, atoms mean nothing, rainbows mean nothing, even our addiction means nothing. We really, We. there's something missing with us, you know, it's like, We were born to those three dimensions, and I forget what they are now, to feel, to be in the physical body, and to think, perhaps, and we're just not awakened to that fourth dimension, which is really that there's there's just something out there I can't control, you know? The universe isn't Lauren, and I think that Bill is trying to reach as many people as he can in these words, which is, you know, we really are atheists. We really do. And for me, I believe in myself. So um, thank you for sharing and for allowing me to share. And with that, I will pass.
8: Thank you, Lauren. And our last share will be Judy. Good morning. My name is Judy.
14: I'm from South Jersey, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, religion was always a very, very important part of my life. But I was I, I always I always was heavy fat. And I tried everything. And in fact, I'm working step 2 right now with my sponsor, but I couldn't I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't get it through my head. That my overeating was a disease. I I had it in my mind that it was willpower, and uh, I kept trying and trying and trying. Diet, diet, pills, everything, and I, I, it it wasn't you know it wasn't willpower. And when I came into the program, um. I I realize, I realized it was like with my life. I mean, uh the people, the meetings, uh, everything, I, I realized that it, it wasn't me, you know, that I did have a disease and uh uh that God could help me. And uh I uh you know, every day now I I I try to get on this phone meeting. I I read, I write, I, I'm trying
8: and um thank you for letting me share. Thank you. And uh we have one more minute so I'm gonna take it. and um share.
0: This is Katie App a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, central Virginia. Um, I had always believed in a power greater than myself. Um, and that's exactly where I was. And so, you know, by the time I, I hit my bottom, I thought there's nothing because I believed in a higher power and it just wasn't, it wasn't hitting me. So I really, I really had lost hope that this would ever work. And, that's exactly where I needed to be because there was always a part of me that was in the mix, and I had to completely surrender and believe that God not only cared um, and was the spirit of the universe, but he uh, cared about my individual um, existence and my individual um, inability to put down the food and keep it down. So um, this is a great place to be. If you don't think that there um, that you uh, that there's a solution for you, trust me, there is. Because I had tried this over and over and over again, thinking um, that you know I just would surrender. I put up my hands in meetings. You know, I, I just thought, okay, I I surrender, but I, I really hadn't. And so uh, that faith and belief came as a gift from God. And with that all pass. and we will now, um, I want to thank everyone who has shared. We will close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by a serenity
8: prayer. Will Penny C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Penny,
19: please press star one to unmute I thought I was talking. Yeah. Good morning it is Penny C, a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows.